0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The Movement, the Movement, yeah. the Movement, yeah. the, movement. Yeah. the Movement of Color podcast. Episode 30, the of color. today on the Movement of Color podcast. We discuss the Democratic Socialists of America's 2019 convention. Uh, Byron and myself, we go on location and we're visited by Towns Hansberger and uh, Yesi Padilla. My name is Brandon Payton Carrillo. And you know what? Before we get started, I just want to remind people, you can follow us on Twitter at movement underscore color. So... On with our very special episode Yay.
2: Hello, this is Byron
1: Lopez uh, This is Brandon Payton-Curillo And we have a special guest
3: Tom Hansberger from DSA Milwaukee
2: Yes, and we, uh, Brandon and I, are at the DSA uh, convention in Atlanta, Georgia Yeah, it is hot and swampy in this bitch yeah, no, uh, the flights here, I've heard from everybody, have been has been miserable. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
2: Yeah, and uh, I, I got here pretty late, like around 10. Yeah. I didn't go to sleep till like 2.
3: <laughs> yeah, we got here 11.30, was kind of glad that we drove, hearing about comrades who were stuck in airports for hours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a good... It was a good drive. It was like a buddy road movie. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. and we needed that whole drive to get through all the resolutions. We didn't (laughs) even go through the bylaws of members. (laughs) Yeah. um,
2: So uh, this is going to be the DSA episode since we're at the convention. We're all DSA members. We've already disclosed that before in other previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, this has all been live streamed. so I feel like it's we're safe to talk about it. I mean, you can look it up on YouTube yourself. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, yeah, the there's been difficulties in getting through the agenda. Um, I think in the morning when we started, we took like two, like almost till noon, to get through credentials and
3: rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of debate. I think there and there's also forum posts about this. A lot of chatter leading up to the convention about. Uh, the merits of single transferable vote, uh, board account, and modified board account systems. I did a little research myself into those uh, and the math of those, but that was a big part of the first chunk yeah. of the convention.
2: Yeah, well, the first one was credentials over. Uh, probably the biggest one was the East Bay Credential Challenge. Um,
3: yeah, I almost forgot that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was the whole thing that, that kicked off this mess uh, of just perpetual chaos. It's
3: always East Bay, too. <laughs> it is. I mean... uh What is going on in East Bay? I just hear so much about it. Um, uh, canvassing for Medica for
2: All, and that's probably the only positive thing that you'll probably well, hear about them. Just, a lot of sex, if you're into that. A lot of well, stuff. it's the Bay Area, to be honest. Like that, that's the whole Bay Area. Yeah, I, yeah it, it might as well be the Pacific Northwest, you know. Yeah. Um, and, the, and just this sheer concentration of polycules <laughs> <laughs> in the square mileage. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but yeah, we're, we're talking about like you know what we voted for, and you know, I, I'm a delegate. Brandon, are, are you a delegate as well? We're all delegates. We're, we're all delegates. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for the sake of disclosure, I'm a member of the Libertarian Socialist Caucus. Um, if you want to disclose your things, just
1: yeah. for the sake of transparency. I'm a member of the Libertarian Socialist Caucus and North Star, because I can.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm building the Ethical Socialist Caucus. I don't think it's a national caucus at this point. We have uh, formed a local caucus in Milwaukee, uh, but I don't know. It's a... Uh, I want to have my own caucus and run it my own way <laughs> no not not really <laughs> very like decentralized right like i don't want to uh, to turn it into like a, a hierarchical democratic democratic centralist sort of organization or anything like that not that any caucuses are that, <laughs> <laughs> that. covering your ass <laughs> I'm, right i'm trying to cover my ass here but like the politics of caucuses are very complicated yes uh
2: so i, I think we can probably quickly go over some I think the bigger ones. So, as disclosed, there's the Libertarian Socialist Caucus that we're, we're part of. There's Build, which says they're not a caucus, but they're a caucus. I mean, they they act like one. Um, they have like their own uh, whips on the floor, and they have their own like election leads and stuff. So, they're they're a caucus. Um, I think they're pretty similar to LSC. Um, uh, they're all about like local, like building up locals. Uh, local chapters instead of, like, the national organization mm-hmm. and a more bottom-up approach?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm gonna... They're like that, but I think a little bit more... I'm gonna say it, bullshit. I'm gonna call it bullshit. And uh, you can come after me. Come at me, bros. Because it's... kind of like the caucus that, like, yeah, we'll do what everybody says they want to do. We're listening to but I think it's more about control. But, sorry. I have to be that dude. I guess pivot on to other caucus
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's also probably one of the the most controversial ones bread and roses that that's like their latest name they've changed their name five times and it's like it's always a hassle because people fall through or like um i know they they essentially purged the philly chapter of bread and roses because of just how toxic it was and bread and Roses is kind of like the ruling caucus right now at least in terms of National Political Committee, which is the highest executive committee on the national level for DSA, Mm -hmm. they control the most seats. Um, and they nominally control the, the, the committee. What, what, what are your opinions on that, on them?
3: I don't know if I have a, an opinion on the Bread and Roses Caucus as a whole, because, um, I know a lot of members of Bread and Roses, um, they were kind of trying to recruit me, I think. Um, and I really like Resolution thirty two that they're proposing, and they've endorsed um, the rank and file strategy resolution. And uh, I like a lot of bread and roses numbers. On one thing that one thing I disagreed with them about was modified board account. Right, that's just not the best voting system for very well developed mathematical reasons. Uh, single transferable vote is a better system. So, you know, I, I voted against them on that one. Um, I'm supporting the resolution 32. Yeah. I I don't know. I think I'd take it case by case with the bread and roses, uh, folks and policies. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I like all of them interpersonally. They're nice people. They're fine. Um, worked with them in various aspects in organizing in DSA. Um, they never really wanted me to be a part of anything they've ever done whether it was bread and roses or momentum or the left caucus back way back when um so you know i don't want to be a part of a, a caucus that don't want me
2: so welcome that, oh. that, that's actually a thing about bread and roses that unlike other caucuses there's no kind of way to join it other than literally knowing someone um mm-hmm. like bill they have like an interview process um, a few other, like, LSC is pretty open to mm-hmm. anybody. Uh, other caucuses have their own methods, but Bread and Roses is pretty unique in that, like, you kind of need to know people directly, like, interpersonal. It's more based on interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Um, kind of like North Star, almost. Um, because they're, like, kind of the older folks in DSA, who, yeah. like, known each other since, like, the 80s.
1: <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a geriatric, um, caucus. They're nice, they mean well, and I think most of their politics are pretty amicable to most people. They're very much in the center of DSA, but at the same time, because of I think their experience, they ran out of fresh ideas or, I shouldn't say all of them ran out of fresh ideas, but you know, they're just, oh.
2: They're kind of like just running in, in, in place?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of things, there's a lot of reaction to fear of the moment. Fear of Trump and fear of some of the more Marxist Leninist caucuses. And instead of running on a platform that presents a vision, it's more of like, hey, we remember what DSA used to be, it was so great. And it's like, why can't everybody else do this? Why can't everybody else just get behind Bernie and quit
2: arguing? Like it's, it's almost reactionary in, in, in the more literal, like, we want to go back to when DSA was the DSA they understood, and, like, they kind of organized it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Um, I know, like, you mentioned Marxist-Leninist, they're, like, very, very defensive of the anti-Democratic-Centralist um, uh, ban, hmm. um, which essentially means that if you are under discipline of a Democratic-Centralist organization, like, you're in a Leninist or Trotskyist or Maoist organization, you are not allowed to be in DSA at the same time. You can be an ML in DSA... You just can't be an ML in DSA and, like, PSL. Yeah. You have to choose one. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, that's um, North Star. And then there's also kind of two more that kind of sprung up fairly recently. There's Social Majority, yep. which actually came out of Bread and Roses because um, from the kind of the talk, Bread and Roses was so toxic, especially because of the Philly chapter, that um, they kind of spun off into and decided to do their own thing. Um, it's a lot of the same politics, but... Very different in their inner the way they do things interpersonally, and the way they kind of act as a caucus collectively. Um, at least that's kind of my how I peg them.
1: And a lot of North Star people who were originally founders of North Star actually left towards um, that caucus as well, um, mainly because North Star has become slightly reactionary and just stuck in that way. So they they're an interesting caucus to be aware of
3: um yeah I, I mean i I don't know if I have much of an opinion about socialist majority. The resolutions they proposed didn't catch my fancy as much as bread and Roses. I mean, there isn't as much uh drama there from the internet, which you know could be a good sign. yeah, you know, generally, I try to avoid focusing on on the folks and instead focusing on the policies that they're recommending so in in that sense, like i like some of the policies that bread and roses is doing but uh, is proposing but you know i don't know if i i liked their strategy here at the convention their uh, tactics kind of didn't didn't strike me like they were yeah. uh, the right tactics to take for the uh, for the convention yeah um and then lastly i think is
2: cpn which is collective power network i personally still don't know what their thing... Because there's, like, a thing in DSA caucuses where they have, like, interesting names, but you can't really figure out their ideologies. Yeah. um, Unless you specifically, like, ask them, and even then that might be a little vague like the only one is Libertarian Socialist Caucus because it says in the name of the caucus and that's why I love LSE yeah cause, like it's what it's like oh what ideology like what are your tactics what are your opinions on things I so, like Libertarian Socialism it's right there and then you have like Brendan Rose, which is like okay that's a cool name I, I understand the reference but like what's your ideology and like I, I have that problem with CPN I still don't know what their deal is I, I, I think theirs is like a regionalist pr- approach to DSA Mm-hmm. I, I know they're, they're doing the, one of the uh, constitutional and bylaw change that kind of decentralize, decentralizes power more to regions, but uh, do any of you have any, any more information on them?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, because another uh, DSA Milwaukee member is, uh, is a member of uh, CPN, Collective Power Network, and um, Blanca from Detroit, right? is that right? Brandon Blanca. Is
1: she from Detroit?
3: I thought so. I mean, oh, but no, 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 no. At any rate, I uh, I know uh, I've I've met the person Blanca uh, who I think is running on the CPN, like the only CPN person running for NPC. And I I like her um, interpersonally. She's really nice. I I think that as far as the the resolutions. Go, a lot of it struck me as like picking up um, an electoralist electoral campaign model for DSA, and in some ways that's good, in some ways that's bad.
2: (laughs) Fair enough, yeah.
1: Yeah. I
3: mean, whenever it comes to election
2: stuff, there's always going to be pluses and minuses, right? Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: (laughs) So, now that we've kind of gotten through a little bit of the caucuses, I, I have one
2: really big question to ask Are caucuses a good thing? I mean, in my opinion, I think in in a in a multi tendency big tent organization like dSA they're inevitable because in such a big tent you're gonna have people who have very like similar tactics and ideologies um kind of naturally formed together. I think whenever you have just any anything resembling decision making that's gonna happen um It's just a matter of like they, they can be bad if they're like left unregulated and uncontrolled and like un- kept de facto um so the, there's actually a resolution to officially recognize caucuses and give them like rights but also responsibilities um to kind of make to kind of officialize this the caucuses and that whether we want to or not does exist um that's just my opinion
3: Thomas, I th- i think that is actually so the spirit of that resolution seems to me to be a good idea, and I agree with you what you're saying about uh, caucuses being inevitable, right? We sh- so in that sense we should embrace the uh, the debate, you know, <laughs> just like and in, in, uh, find a way to uh, to see the value in it. I think yeah, I, th- I think that. R- articulating those rights and responsibilities and sort of obligations on uh, on folks as they navigate advocacy while at the same time maintaining uh, the the structure of the organization and not leading to sort of a constitutional hardball problem uh, is going to be very important because if I, I think that one thing that we saw in the first few hours of debate, was that there was a a bit of, I don't want to exaggerate, but a little bit of constitutional hardball going on there, right? Folks are... A lot of proceduralism. Right. Folks are using the procedures of Robert's rules to uh, try to achieve specific advantages policy-wise. And unfortunately, that puts, I think, the general membership in a position where they have to generally tamp that down. And that turns the convention into a slog, because if, if folks are, manip- are gaming the system, right, are gaming the uh, convention rules um, to put it in structures that are advantageous to a, a very specific resolution or a very specific thing that they need to do, uh, or they want to do, I should say, right, in, uh, in some cases, what that does is it creates a system in which you, everybody's so busy playing constitutional hardball that we don't have enough time to actually make major decisions. Yeah, okay. um, we should be focusing on the major decisions. Maybe like a f- we do need a few uh, um, bylaws and constitutional amendments. I think for DSA as we adjust to be to size, a, yeah, the, yeah <laughs> to size. But as much as possible, we gotta like move through that that shit as fast as possible so
2: that uh, you mentioned a few like big kind of structural changes that DSA at least in your opinion believes to be made um, so there actually is a few uh, constitutional bylaws changes doing that um, one is um, a kind of like regional council um, that takes the kind of devolves that has power devolved to it by the NPC um, there's one that abolishes abolishes the secure security uh, steering committee which is like a mini committee within the npc which Mm -hmm. is at least you know again this is my lse delegate coming out uh it's been very problematic in some of the actions like six people decide the entire course of a fifty-six person organization and then there's like the big one that lse is supporting is assembly of locals um which creates like a almost like a legislature um where each local has um a certain number of delegates that vote and participates in, like, committees. Like, kind of, basically, like, Congress. Um, like, like the House. Uh, depending on how big their chapter is. Um, and, like, those are kind of the big ones, I think.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think they're good and necessary changes, some of them. Um, particularly the idea of abolishing the steering committee. Being on the MPC at one point, from 2015 to 2017,
2: <laughs> the best years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the North Star coming out of you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, yeah, sure. That's the part of it where... Because I saw where the shit hit the fan on, on the back end of the organization. and But at that time, the steering committee, if you weren't on the steering committee, you were treated like a pack a package of mushrooms. You know, you're kept in the dark and fed shit. <laughs> that's, that's reality. And I think in a democratic organization... That's a little. That's a little too much. You can't do that. So, that's one I'm in favor of abolishing the fucking steering committee.
3: Uh, so, in theory, I I like the idea. It's it reminds me the way that the assembly of locals resolution is phrased. It reminds me of um, pre uh, Norman invasion uh, Anglo-Saxon Britain. I mean, uh, That's me being a history nerd, and I'll I'll, I'll save that for a different conversation. But um, I think that practically right now, um, it's very likely that the trade off would be uh, the speed of decision making. Now, mind you, I know that the last NPC uh, took a year to publish the minutes, apparently. Uh, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> that definitely needs to be uh, changed. We need to get better about that. But the Assembly of Locals model would, I think, be pretty slow to make uh, decisions, right? So I'm not sure that that's the best alternative. I don't know. A lot of these questions I need to do more thinking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so, so as someone who kind of helped... Um, I'm literally helping
2: to promote, uh, so I'm I'm gonna do my little spiel. Uh, so just please let me have that. So sure, go ahead. Um, the thing with the with the assembly of locals is that a lot of the actual writing of like proposals is done in committees. Um, the the actual assembly, the assembly itself, just votes on stuff. Um, like the Libertarian Social Caucus, we have Lumio That's how we vote. Like we were direct, direct democracy, um, and decisions can be done. Um, like when something is proposed, you can say like, oh, because because of such urgency, this needs to be done twenty four hours discussion period and then twenty four hour voting period. Um, and then uh, our outreach committee makes sure that uh, make sure that people know that's happening so we can at least reach a quorum. Um, and I feel like, well like usually most of the time there's like a week to discuss and vote on stuff. Um, and also to like, add amendments and that, all that kind of stuff during the discussion period. Um, and it seems to work relatively well so far. Um, I think with the resources of the and we're doing this all basically for free but I think with the resources of the national organization uh, behind it and the fact that like a lot like there's always at least like even in the smaller chapters there's still at least like one person you can find who is willing to go online at least once a week um, and vote on something that that probably wouldn't take that like an hour at most um, in terms of like just reading um, and like clicking on a button. Um, I think it is definitely doable. Um, and if anything, I, I think it, it at times might reflect the will of the membership more than even the NBC can. Um, even with like, any, any of its like, additional amendments of like um, wealth, um, like income, uh, income uh, diversity, and like racial diversity and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's in my spiel. So you're saying that with technology there's a way there is a way <laughs> and I think uh, due to timing stories I think it's a good time to end it there um, thank you so much for coming on First of all, are we recording this, Byron? Yes, I I've been. I, st- I started recording like ten minutes ago because, like, I yeah. felt like okay, no, this is it. This is like the hot open, the, the the hot intro. Hell yeah! All
1: right,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> <That's enough. laughs>
2: hot mic, hot mic. Oh but, my um, God. No, no, no. Okay, actually, while we're talking about hot mics, uh, so I was in the hug, the LSC hug room uh Mm -hmm. watching the live stream and oh my god it was oh my god it was so terrible it was so uh i don't know who was like in charge of the mic setup or whatever but like i was like trying to contact a member of a member of lsu who happens to be on the tech committee like begging them like please like have someone like on the mic basically controlling the the soundboard better because you can hear everything on there because the mic is permanently hot uh,
0: yeah. never
2: once did they really turn it off um, like all four mics by the way the ones at the at the panel the ones on the sides and the one the back um, and because there were all four of them were on like like whenever someone was not immediately talking all you could hear was like whisper 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 talking 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 like no one ever shut up on the floor Um, and it wasn't, I was like, there has to be, like, a bug. Like, there's a fan, like, blowing straight into the mic, right? Like, there's no way people could be this loud or, like, the mic's this sensitive. And it wasn't until I got to the floor on the third day, like, physically present there that I realized, oh, no, they're just fucking loud. (laughs) People just don't shut up. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was, it was loud. Like, for our delegation, we sat next to the, um, uh, we sat next to the disagree mic pretty much for the entirety of the of convention, um, and what and someone posted in one of the one of the columns. I was I can't remember which one. Yo, I'm watching this from home, and the mics are hot. Uh, so I definitely <laughs> told my comrades, "I was like, yo, let's use our signal chat. Like, let's try not to talk out loud if we don't have to use the signal chat because we're right next to a mic. Like, but apparently, like all of that was in in full full auditory uh access to whoever' watching the live stream
2: <laughs> speaking of uh hello uh listeners, this is byron and brandon uh where this is a uh, po- as you can probably tell from the conversation post convention a uh, lot of hot a lot of uh raw raw emotions that have luckily tempered through time but still still sim- still simmering uh this is our guest yessie <laughs> Hi! Uh, so, um, if you uh, if you feel comfortable, um, like, your name and your pronouns, and if you feel comfortable, your chapter.
0: Sure. Um, my name's Yessie. My pronouns are they, them, and I am a part of San Diego DSA.
2: Yes. And then, also, if you are affiliated with any caucuses, um, that's something y- you're trying to do nowadays, because caucuses are a thing in DSA. They're, They're def-
0: definitely a thing. Um, yeah, so... Uh, I am affiliated. Um, I've been a member of LSE, not a super active member, but I'm hoping to change that. So I've been a member of the Libertarian Socialist Caucus um, for, like, almost, like, pretty much since I joined. So I guess that's, like, two years and change now. Um, and then I am also uh, a member of BUILD, which has been called many things. But <laughs> Ooh, yes. it's not a caucus.
2: <laughs> uh, I mean, I think uh it, for listeners of the previous segment uh during the, the convention segment uh i think we kind of came brandon and i just for full disclosure came to an agreement that like build acts like a caucus and it kind of looks like a caucus uh so so we kind of labeled it a caucus to be honest for
0: sure uh-huh uh,
2: and i think from my conversations with like everybody it's like yeah we know we understand you call it a project and that's like the goal but it kind of is a caucus <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess, like, in the in the functionality of it, like, especially as we saw at convention, definitely, I think where it kind of differs is, like, the, like, ideological space, right? Like, but in terms of functionality, like, the organizing project does function in the same way that, um, you know, like, in a similar way to other organizing projects, like, LSC or whatever. Yeah. So I would definitely, I would definitely, like, be okay with that, yeah.
2: Um, anyway, uh, I, am uh, going back to the, a, a bit in the conversation, um, you mentioned the live stream, um, and again, I, I was watching the live stream, uh, through the TV, and I, I, I literally couldn't, uh, help it, but I looked at the chat, because I hate myself, uh, the live stream chat, and oh it was mostly, like, what like I only assume are, like, chuds, and, <laughs> like, uh, people from, like, r slash stupid poll or something, like, you know like people who are like i guess in dsa or like in dsa because they they found the link somehow um and but also have like the shittiest politics like interpersonal and like uh, shittiest politics when it comes to accessibility and like race and class and gender and like everything and like they think that like i imagine that these are the type of people that when they say material like material um, what they really mean is white working class people, like or like if anything, white middle class people.
0: <laughs> I have a question. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was gonna say there could be it, it could actually be chuds or trolls or other types of nefarious folks because there was a hack.
2: Oh, wait. Uh, uh, I, I don't know if it was a hack. I think it was. Um, national put up the link on the dsa forums and they like, needed to be a DSA member to get there um but what they didn't do was basically say that like oh only like basically anyone can use the link regardless of whether they're a member or not all you had to do was get the link so as long as you had a dsa member go to the forums and get it they could then send it to like anybody <laughs> that like, there be... was like, this was youtube there was a uh, your average unlisted youtube link <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what I was asking. I was like, "How do people get this?" So, wow, way to way to go on the infosec front! Yikes.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, so. Again, uh, this has actually caused a good number of people to actually get doxxed. because mm. of the because of like the shitty level of, of of infosec and how the the link was just open to fucking anybody on goddamn YouTube. <laughs> hmm. So, I know we were kind of talking a little bit about some of the resolutions.
1: Um, I guess I would like to talk kind of about like, all right, high points. What were we happy to see change, reflect
2: in the organization, that sort of thing? Um, Yessie, do you want to go first And since you're, since you're a wonderful guest?
0: Sure, thank you. um, some high points for me, um, switching to STV, that was, I was really proud of everyone, um, for thinking that through and and making that decision. I thought that was a really wise and measured decision and, um, set a, for me set a really good tone for the rest of the, um, the convention. So I'm glad about that. Um, in terms of, uh, resos, um, and, and different, and different things that we, that we passed, I was really happy, um, to see, um, I was really happy to um, see that the consent agenda uh, pretty much went through, Um, and then um, regarding um, our our position on on sex work, I was glad to see that defended, as well as you know like um, you know and I've talked about this before like as a um, in other in other outlets, but as a former sex worker, like to me that's really important. I was stoked on, um, and I'm sure we'll probably talk about this later, I was stoked on Resolution 9, the Anti-Fascist and Direct Action Working Group, um, going through, and again, I'm really proud of our, um, of the, uh, convention delegates for, for defending that, um, when the time came to defend it, um, uh, what else, uh, what else was good? There were, I mean, there were lots of, there was lots of really good discussion, too, that went on, um. I trying to think I think I think those were like my main my main kind of highlights. I'm sure I'm forgetting something. um oh oh oh, um packaging uh, the Cuba it's, Rezo.
2: yes, the anti-imperialism package.
0: yes, yes, that was super that was super rad, super smart. Um, well done on the parliament uh, parliamentarian hardball. Um, and I'm glad that went through um. Yeah, so, so that's rad. So
2: so, the, so for, for some quick clarification on some of that stuff. So for the inter- anti-imperialism packet, that was three resolutions. One of them was about, like, we need to lift the Cuba embargo. It's just, like, shitty, and, and like, why the fuck are we doing it? Uh, we know why, but <laughs> we, we should not do that. Um, and then it was um, Puerto Rican. Uh, there was one on Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. Um, I remember Borisov, basically the Puerto Rican caucus, was, like, really pushing for it. Um, mm-hmm. I remember LSE like wholeheartedly supported that um and then it was a third one I forget.
0: Um what it was the um the was it the the Palestinian um BDS. Yeah, BDS working group. There we go. Yes. Yeah, uh, very right. Oh, and I just remembered one more that that it's not it was a it was a sp- suspension of the rules um uh, my comrade here in San Diego, Cassandra, shout out to her for um, getting a suspension of the rules uh, to pass a motion to uh degender the language in our uh, bylaws and reso. So um, from here on out, they're going to take out the he or she and put in gender neutral language. So props to her for her quick thinking on that one. So,
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, no, that's, like, e- e- even, like, some of the bylaw nerds in, like, LSE were, like, wait, what? Wait, we have that?
0: <laughs> I know, right? I didn't yeah. even realize that.
2: Yeah. Um, so, I, uh, you mentioned uh, sex work. That was uh, something, like, ha- w- is kind of been a thing back and forth in DSA a little bit. But it got onto the consent agenda. I think, if I remember correctly, it got, it like, it, it went a little bit past the, the threshold needed to get on the consent agenda. and originally there was a plan by this group called a firm um, that wanted to take it off the, the consent agenda uh, because like, from what I could tell, they're essentially like um, intersectional whatever that means for them uh, and like transnational also whatever that means to them. Um, and like they basically want to promote like the Nordic model, like a, like a woker version of the Nordic model uh, when it comes to sex work. Um, and they originally had like plans to take it off, like to basically force it off and like to basically make it die. (laughs)
1: Um, I have some inside knowledge about that. Oh shit. Yeah. So I don't like the first bit of it. I think they probably, that was kind of their strategy just because, um, you know, they do have this Nordic model, but I, I was approached by and spoken to by several members and I think once they realized this was a thing that was going to happen, they wanted to amend it to include not only, say, sex work, but add the words and protect workers. Because, and it's it's weird. It's a weird distinction, Because but ideologically for them, it's kind of like, all right, we want to protect sex workers, and particularly from being abused by pimps and madams and all of those others that will exploit them, um, which is like, yeah, okay, that's why we, we're not capitalist here. You know, we're not into that kind of thing. You know, people should, if, it's, if you're providing a service, a sex service or whatnot, that you should reap the benefits of that, you know. Um, so they would try to put that on to make an amendment. And, but I think probably because of maybe they lost some goodwill early on, you know, people were just like, fuck off. And, um, yeah, they were pissed.
2: Yeah, so what happened originally was they were going to try to, during the consent, like, adge- affirming the consent agenda, I get it? Um, <laughs> I mean, a pun. <laughs> uh, we, uh So we are supposed to, like, vote on the consent agenda as, like, a as like a group, saying, like, okay, everything here is, like, good, and we can all kind of, like, basically have consensus that we're, we're good with all this. Um, there some, someone came up and like talked about an entirely different resolution and that like caused the whole thing. We're like, okay, no, no, fuck this. We don't want to like have, we don't want to drag this out even more because we've already dragged out the rules and the fucking, uh, the, like the rules debates and then the fucking uh, debate over the East Bay credentials, um, mm. whether or not their delegates are going to have like their, their full set of votes um so people were like no we need to move the fuck on we've already been at this for like two hours um so after that whole thing was, was resolved um we basically forced it through and like the uh a firm and their people couldn't slip in to like drag to drag out the sex worker uh sex worker resolution so like they had to like wait until like i think like the second the, like really late into the second day to do it and like it failed horribly <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think as I recall, it was fr- it wasn't framed. So, so that back information um, about like wanting to amend to add language wasn't brought up at all in um, in in the motion. What was brought up was to remove it and to and to debate it. Yes. So, yeah, it wasn't framed as like anything friendly or anything. Anything that would um, like it didn't give any other information beyond moving it out of the like uh, basically reconsidering and and then um, and then debating it. So so I think that's for me at least like that was like oh no you know because I I of course read the uh, affirm statement because they sent it like from all of their chapters to all of our chapters so we got it like fourteen times mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> like. In our yeah. email? Yeah. No, no. They they sent it out to like a fuck ton of chapters. I, I I fuck. I don't control the OCDSA, uh, like email, but like I would not be surprised if we had one too. We we're just like yeah, no. Yeah. No, each go away. of their
0: like chapters sent a copy to San Diego, so we got it like a bunch of times. Like they spammed us. Um. So that was pretty. That was pretty wild. Um. But yeah, and, and you know, and and you know, like I have huge issues with the Nordic model, you know, because it doesn't take into consideration, um, things that, that workers, that sex workers do, like, for example, like not to get too much in the weed, but weeds, but like, for example, there's this, um, model of, of working called sanctuary where a bunch of sex workers will get together and rent an apartment or some sort of facility so that they can get off the street. Um, it's not for them to live in. It's for them to work out of, right? Like, so they can get off the street or get out of um, their clients' homes, which can be really dangerous. But like under the Nordic model, um if there's a raid, um everybody gets popped as like as basically um, uh, profiteering from that, you know, as as, as, as like pimp So that's like that's really problematic, right? Like, so anyway, point being that wasn't made clear at all. So I think, I think folks were really, really hesitant, right? Because that just information wasn't brought forward. Um, To my knowledge, and again, like, I didn't work on this at all, so I, you know, like, I have a really limited knowledge, Um, but it didn't seem like anyone tried to, like, parlay or confer with anyone who wrote the resolution in the first place, because I'm sure if that had happened, you know, it it probably would have been a different story.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's all starting to fit together to me because I'm hearing different perspectives and sides. And, you know, I've floated in and out and around all these resolutions this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I know that they were also upset about was the optics of how, because there was kind of a rush to kind of move through all the amendments and the resolutions and whatnot, and it wasn't a debate, they brought a team that was primarily people of color. And every time they were trying to move or make a motion or something, it was brought to debate before they were able to speak. So you got all these like POC women wanting to, you know, maybe continue debate or speak upon this. And um, then some white dudes like, all right, uh, question, you know, call, call the question and procedurally like, all right, well, guess what? We're done with the fucking debate. Let's vote. And I you know, i I wasn't there at that particular time to see that. It sounds like it could be pretty shitty optics. If any of you guys were there to see that, I want to know what your what your thoughts were.
0: So that was like a huge trend, not just for that particular Rezzo or that particular issue, but like throughout the three days. Like that was like there was like even a joke about this one guy being the call to question guy. Um, I think Beth had like made the joke, um, because he kept coming up to the mic to just be like, call the question, call the question, call the question. Um, and I don't know who he was affiliated with or anything, but it, um, but it was definitely like this guy who just, who just kept wanting to shut down debate. Um, you know, um, and, and I, and I think like, man, like that was, that was, that was really frustrating, you know, like. Um, for a lot of different resos is to, to have folks really wanting to engage in thoughtful debate and then having some dudes in the back being like, call the question. Like, you know, cause at first they were just yelling it out and the chair was recognizing it. And then I think it was Chris Riddio who finally said like, yo, like well, she obviously didn't say yo, but she was like, <laughs> can you imagine that? <laughs> oh my Yeah. Yo. You- <laughs> yeah.
2: Right.
0: Uh, yo. Um, No, but so Chris Rudio going up and saying, like, you have to step to the mic. And so then, like, call the question guy came up a bunch of times. And I'm not really sure how he, like, was able to get to the mic with that, like, speed or swiftness. But he definitely came up more than once uh, to call the question and shut down debate. And it sucked, you know.
2: Like, that, I think that was, like, also partially caused by the fact that, like, there were so many things on the agenda and, like, clearly not enough time. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Like,
2: we, I think, like, on the first day, like, we all kind of came to the conclusion, like, oh, no, if we, like, do all these, like, panels where we just kind of, like, you know, do this whole big circle jerk about how awesome we all are, uh, we're not gonna get through, like, even half of these. (laughs) So, we ended up having to cancel both plenaries um, on uh, Saturday and Sunday, I believe. Um, just to, like, get this shit fucking rolling because otherwise we were definitely going to miss everything because the way that the Roberts Rules works is that if there's, like, a constitution... If there's, like, a resolution and it's not, you know, and you aren't, like, you don't have enough time to get to it on the agenda, that's just, like, delegated to, like, the... Whatever executive body you're using. In this case, it's the National Political Committee, um, the new one that's going to come in. Um, if it's, like, a constitution or bylaws change, it just... You know, disappears, it stops existing, like it doesn't get voted on at all um and the problem was that a lot of the constitution and bylaw changes were like kind of shoved towards the back um and it caused this whole issue of like there were people who like I, I like there was like accusations of proceduralism to not necessarily like fuck fuck up votes and stuff, but just to like delay. The like votes as long as possible, so that as little things got voted on as possible. Because yeah, you can vote on a resolution, and that that like that's like whatever. Um, whether or not the NPC acts on it, like you know, is you know more up in the air. It's more of an opinion than anything. Uh, if if there's any experience from the last NPC, but okay. if it's a constitution yeah. or bylaws change, that's like legally enforceable through a U.S. court of law. <laughs> you can't fucking like ignore that shit. So, so, like, there was this whole fight between uh, these, like, you know, people, you know, the, these delaying tactics versus, like, people who are like, we got to get through this because or else, you know, uh, my or my group's thing that we fought really hard to get on the agenda is not going to get voted on at all. And we kind of saw on the third day um, multiple groups trying desperately to get, like, their thing that's later on down the line up to the front so we can actually debate and hopefully vote on it. Um that yeah. happened like a lot. That was like a lot. That was like I think that was half of the fucking third day of voting was just people like asking, Can we move this thing? can we move this thing that's very important to me and my group up to the front?
0: Yeah, that did happen quite a bit. And, and, you know what, like, some of that stuff was, was good because then we got to talk about stuff that was, that was you know, pretty across-the-board favorable, and it was able to kind of move. But, but you're right, like, we, we just got so impacted. Even with removing the plenary on, um, on Saturday, uh, we were still just, like, it was, it was a lot, you know. And then oh, yeah. um, just trying to figure out procedure I think, too, like some folks were still um, unsure about how or I, I want to assume good faith and assume some folks were just unsure about how procedure works. But then, you know, sometimes it felt like, mm, you know, how this yeah. works. Yeah,
2: yeah no. Uh, and then there was like the fact that like the schedule um, that was actually put up on the first day was different <laughs> from the one we thought we were all going to get because national put out a priority poll that was well the first poll was like okay vote on what you want on the consent and like what you're basically okay with like passing through without debate um that ended up being the consent agenda and there was like a 70 percent bar i think of of voters that needs to like vote in favor of it and that's like what the sex resolution went through that's what the uh, the uh the uh the irish socialist reunification resolution went through Like, those things were, like, okay, we pretty much are in agreement on this. Um, The second poll was a prioritization poll, which was what we thought was, okay, this is, like, the order we're going to go in in terms of, like, what we're going to debate on. So, like, things that are, like, people consider really fucking important are the things we vote on first. And then the things that are, like, yeah, they're cool, but, like, we're fine not voting on it goes, like, near the end. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening was national put out this fucking schedule like put into blocks of like okay here's all the uh you know resos and cbs and you know and you know all this other stuff that pertains to dues and then regional structures and then uh you know our foreign policy or whatever um and these blocks are kind of like put in a really weird way where the kind of more important like permanent constitution and bylaw changes we're, like, near the end, and all the more stuff that could have been voted on by the NPC um, that were, like, almost, like... I think all of them were, like, for the first day were just, like, resolutions. Um, we're, in the, we're, in the, we're, like, near the top, and we're, like, guaranteed to be debated. Um, you know, because, they did,
1: yeah. Um they do that because they think the shit that you get on the first day, that should be, like, easy peasy. We get through that. So then... <laughs> In theory, we'd have more time for the stuff that they think there'd be more debate on. But the weird thing was, there was a lot more agreeance on the shit that came towards the end, that was supposed to be, like, really time-consuming, and some of the more, like, things that you would think, all right, this should have, like, really passed easy, like, oh, like, the anti-fascist working group. It's a working group. It really doesn't cost that much. Why isn't this passing? And there was, like, a lot of debate on that kind of shit.
2: Yeah. That, that surprised mm-hmm. everybody, just how much debate. Like, I think the vote was, like, 30 p, like thirty votes difference between passing or, or, or losing it.
0: Yeah, it was really, really close. And then the motion to reconsideration, like, that was, you know. I was, like, again, I was glad that folks um, shot that down, and I'm sure a lot of it had to do with, like, oh, not this again, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> um, but I'll take it, you know? Yeah.
2: Uh, and the weird peculiarity about, like, what, what you mentioned, motion to... Re- okay, this is, like, basically, like, uh, Robert's Rules of Order, like, you know, crash course, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, the, so, when someone says motion to reconsider whatever motion, like, whatever resolution or bylaws change or was, was considered, um, essentially what they're saying is, like, I, as a person, um, what's supposed to happen is, the, the, the chair is supposed to check if that person voted in favor um of passing the thing um like basically what says in the affirmative like they voted in favor of the thing they are now saying we need to reconsider this because new information has come up or they, they think that the, the the floor has changed its mind or whatever excuse um but it needs to be like verified that this person did in fact vote with like the majority last time and then changed their mind because of, like, the way that worked in this one, it's, like, hard to do. It's hard to keep track of, um, even with the electronic voting. So the chair just, like, you know, said good faith, and that was, like, the end of that conversation.
0: Yeah, um, because someone did ask, right? Yeah. And then everybody asked. was like, ugh.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, to be honest, I think that was probably the best, like, the good idea, because, like, that would have just wasted a lot more time. For sure. Um, so then, So then what happens is... In order to reconsider basically to put it back into debate, you need a majority um, and i don 't think the anti fascist working group ever got that majority it it, it failed th- at that stage but then if you do get a majority um, and then you have you basically go back into debate you know one in favor, one against you go back and forth until either someone calls a question or the allotted amount of debate is given, and then you need a two thirds majority to basically take it back, to basically say uh, we fucked up, we don't want this instead um, getting it to the majority I, I kind of was like, a lot of us in the LSC were like, uh, it's maybe possible, maybe um, but like it, it, it getting to two thirds was like never gonna happen, like people were fucking tired, they wanted to move on, um, we've already voted on it, like it's it's done um, so like that really was like a Hail Mary that was never gonna land um, so it just ended up wasting everyone's time
0: yeah, which is unfortunate.
2: Yeah, and, and one where, like, time is, like, so fucking, we're, like, desperate for it. Like, do we need time?
1: So
0: Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh,
1: I just, I just want to know, because we've been kind of rocking on this one pretty long for a while, but but I was wondering if there was any things that were surprises, like, whoa, I didn't know that was going on. Or I didn't know that what to expect when we hit the convention floor, or even like some of the stuff like outside of the convention floor, like interacting with so many socialists in one space. Um,
0: um for me, uh, I I really did not anticipate the like the time commitment, like not, not obviously like I knew I was going to be there for four days or whatever, but like, I mean like per day, like just how packed it was going to be, you know, like, so it was like, you know, like 10 hours of debating <laughs> and or, or, like of that and then having the like two breakouts and like being there till like 10 PM and having to get up at like, you know, five thirty so I could be there early to meet with groups and stuff like that I didn't realize it was like that intense um and I think that was really cool because I got to like meet so many people or like see people that I had like only known online or through like you know organizing um with my chapter um but it was also like a lot like whoa
2: (laughs) yeah I I think for me personally it was like the I mean it was probably two things one was like people asking for like some pretty bare minimums, like hey, don't use gender language, or hey, can you like not clap? There's a reason we're using ASL hands or whatever it's called, Um, and people still doing it anyway. Like after being told like for three days straight, <laughs> that was like what the like that that really fucking pissed me off. Even could no, not because I myself have like a audio sensitivity or anything, but that was because like like that was. I, I, I thought, like, going in, okay, we're, like, you know, socialists, we're, like, you know, pretty woke woke people, like, this shouldn't be a fucking debate, right? Like, this shouldn't be controversial in any real way, but it turned out to fucking be a problem <laughs> that I didn't think we, we would deal with.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I would say baby socialists that maybe haven't quite caught on to the norms that got to become delegates. Um, people that quite don't understand why we do certain things. Kind of like the ASL hand thing, not only is it polite for those people who have auditory and sensorial issues, you know, it moves the bait along faster. Oh, yeah. Because,
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I, I, I talk it up to a lot of those people who are fucking up. They they just didn't know any better, even though they were told better. Um, and hopefully next time around, they get the message or they're just not at the convention.
2: Yeah. Um, I think the, the second surprise for me, um, this was mainly because I went to the 2017 convention um, yeah. in Chicago. Um, hey, what up other people who went to the 2017 DSA convention who I don't know, like the <laughs> five of you who are listening. Uh, he, uh, th- it, and this one actually really fucking pissed me off because it's something I had to deal with um, personally where uh, on like the Saturday um like saturday evening and night uh-huh. as far as i could tell none of the socials that were put on by different groups were available were like in venues that were available to people under 21 oh. there were really? bars or someplace where alcohol is served and thus you need an id to get in um even like the queer socialist like the queer pride socialist thing like social um that one of the ocds members went to um was 21 and over only um,
0: Yikes!
2: Yeah, no, it was no. I I, I didn't know because I didn't like in none of the advertising. It really none of them none of the advertising for any of these socials said like oh need to be twenty one and over. Like when I went to the emerge social at um the, the uh, at, you know the NYC caucus uh, emerge um it you know I went in I, I went and like I saw a bouncer I was like wait what the fuck is there a bouncer and then like he like he asked me for my ID I was like oh oh shit. Um, and I realized, like, oh, wait, I have comrades from my chapter, uh, I have one, I, you know, I have, in my delegation, we're not all over 21, uh, so I had to, like, desperately fucking, like, message, uh, my, my delegation, like, hey, uh, this is not, like, over 21, and, like, I looked it up, I was, like, oh, none of these socials are over 21, so there's, like, a whole fucking group of, like, uh, of delegates and, like, observers and volunteers who are just like fucked and can't like, can't go to any of these fucking pla- any of these socials. So they're basically just like, like I literally went to and like talked with some with some friends uh, who were already at the venue. Like, and I was not fucking happy uh, because mm. you know uh, you know quick flashback uh, when I joined DSA the first I would say like the first year um, a little less than a year I was not twenty one yet. Um, and it was a lot of, like, sneaking into bars and, like, trying to go through back doors and, like, trying to, like, sneak in and shit. Um, it was really fucking annoying. Like, and I, it was like, why can't we just not have, like, we can have it at a fucking brewery. Like, you can still get beer there. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it, and it really pissed me off. And I was like, no, that's not gonna fuck. And when I became, uh, chair of OCDSA, I, you know, I said, like, this is not gonna fucking happen ever again. Like, we, we're not gonna do that. That's incredibly exclusionary. Um, and like to see that happen to fucking every social, where in 2017, like all the socials were at places where you could get in if you were not twenty one. so mm-hmm. we fucking regressed yeah. in terms of like that uh, and like at, at no point did anyone really I don't know whether it was like an oversight or they just didn't give a shit, um, but it fucking pissed me off. like I went to like an emerge person and said like this is not fucking okay. Uh, you know there are, like, YDSA members and, and DSA members who are not 21 and, like, have fucking nothing to do now, uh, you know, and it was, like, this whole fucking shit show, and I fucking, like, left in a fucking, like, you know, I, I left in a tough, um, and I just went and hanged out with my delegation instead at, um, with uh, Portland, the Portland delegation. They're fucking dope people. I fucking love them, because they also had someone who was not 21 um, and were and just, like, decided that they were going to stick with their delegation rather than just leave them behind to, like, party on their own. Yeah. Yeah, no. I that's, I I, I felt fuck really I, fucked. Yeah, no. I did a whole Twitter thread. It's yeah, no. It, but like, I it, it's like genuinely angered me. Like, and I'm like not really that kind of guy.
1: <laughs> well, I will say this: the hotel wasn't that boring.
2: It was not. I mean, there, yeah, there, there, there was,
1: was like a the lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I I went out um, to. The sound table, I think, Saturday night, which was a popular haunt on Edgewood where I used, I used to hang out there all the time when I lived in Atlanta. Um, but man, there were inter inter chapter hookups. There were, you know, it was a, a smorgasbord of just people just bumping ugly. In. I don't know what they did afterwards, but I knew. That shit was about to go down. Yeah, like- yeah.
0: I was wondering about that because, like, I like, like I said, I didn't go to 2017, but I had a lot of friends who did and comrades who talked about how horny it was, and I was like, I don't know if it's just because, like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just like not aware of it, but like, this doesn't seem like a very horny convention, which I'm not complaining about, but I'm, I'm glad to know that the horniness was was <laughs> popping yeah. in Atlanta.
2: Yeah, like, I, like, from, I don't know, maybe this is because I'm a hashtag vol caucus, but, um, <laughs> fucking, like, when I was there, like, the only tension I felt was political tension. I did not feel any sexual tension at all yeah, I in any like room.
0: Maybe it was, like, because I was, like, too in the mix of the, like, political stuff that I just missed, like, all the, uh, and because I'm, pr- obviously because I'm pregnant and stuff, so, like, I just missed all the horniness, but someone someone from my delegation did bring up, like, I bet Twitter. I mean, not Twitter. Tinder is like, like just <laughs> like ridiculous right now. Like, ah. that,
1: that was a total a thing, and there were there had to be some like informal like conversations happen. Like, hey, you know, you don't want to be doxxed. so like be careful about your tw- your Tinder. Tinder talking <laughs> about at the <laughs> DA convention looking for a hookup kind of shit.
2: Yeah, put um, on this balaclava I'd say, take a new Tinder photo. <laughs> yeah.
1: It was, it was definitely, but it was definitely there. I can tell you there was some chapters in my experience that were putting it out there more than others. Here, here, looking at you, Miami. <laughs> hey. Back, that town was gonna go at it. You know, some high, you know, hot blood Hawaiians. It was all over the place. Thank you to
0: all the horny delegates for your service and (laughs) maintaining the legacy of horniness for DSA.
2: Oh, yeah. That that free love legacy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There might be one convention, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
2: my God. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, So so the convention. Yeah, no, that was, like, my two gripes about the convention was, like, the lack of uh 21 and under spaces for for our, for our younger comrades um and the i already forgot what the other thing was because i'm just like what the yeah I you got blindsided by the horny yeah, i got i got blindsided by horny god damn it i i spent most <laughs> of my life avoiding horniness you know fucking uh avoiding horniness on twitter on fucking discord <laughs> Uh, in real life and like he just, he just blew it up all over and it's like god damn it I'm trying to avoid it for a reason what, what? All all <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about you what about you Brandon what was like some surprises for you
1: you know I mean cause this is like my third convention so this out of the three was the second best convention 2017 was the god awful worst um <laughs> And because of my position in 2017 and whatnot, um, I had to put a lot of blinders on and a lot of, you know, I had to protect myself because it was fucking a battle. Um, but I'm going to go back with the horniness. Like, being around all of these people just looking the fuck, it was, <laughs> it was overwhelming, you know? I, my thing, I wasn't looking the fuck, but, you know, like, almost everyone around me is they were either struggling not to look to fuck or they were actively trying to fuck. And, um, I mean, when we got into town Thursday night, I think people were fucking then. They're like, oh, let's go at this. Let's have a convention good time, you know. let's. Um, I'm glad that people were giving away condoms because they were needed.
2: <laughs> oh yeah a hundred percent i was like like when uh like when i when, when i heard that like the health table just outside the floor had like uh like they're panning out free con i was like oh thank god
1: <laughs>
0: like- yeah right keep it tight everybody let's uh <laughs> let's not get messy <laughs>
1: if we th- just imagine our delegates all of them just think of all of them kind of flowing through your brain as like a human rolodex <laughs> uh, now imagine them all fucking uh. indiscriminately <laughs> you got pink hair you got you know like fish tattoos tattoos yeah. tons of tattoos you got you know cleft chins <laughs>
0: it's just like a like a, um uh uh like a what do you call those the um god i'm blanking on the name but um uh, oh, a Cronenberg like monster of horniness. <laughs> like,
2: so, this weird amalgamation of flesh that once
0: yeah, multiple like, people. ambiguously humanoid <laughs> mass that's just pulsating. Oh, God. Uh, I gotta wash my eyeballs.
1: And you know it's stink, too. Uh,
2: uh, no, yeah, I, I feel like the Atlanta humidity was not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, no, but like, but also there was like the it wasn't all just sex. There was also a fuck ton of smokers. Like to the point where like, uh, I overheard staff like talking about like how like how the fuck are there so many smokers right now? <laughs> like, because everyone was just congregate outside to smoke because I don't know why. But DSA has like a higher than average, uh, like ratio of smokers, because like I guess all the stress of like being conscious of the inevitability of like climate change and the and the capitalist apocalypse is like probably gonna make you a substance user for one form or another
0: yeah yeah and it, it was rough too because like the air was so thick so like you know like uh, you know like i i ne- will never begrudge anyone for whatever like do what you want to do also like i have to like stand like 10 feet away and shout at you so that we can have a conversation because the air just won't move the smoke and like you know yeah like that's kind of a bummer but like i mean I, I get it. Like, if I wasn't pregnant, like, I would probably have picked up smoking again over the weekend.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, I, I think we can kind of move to the last thing where it's, like, the emotional trauma, I think, that, like, this convention has inflicted on people. Uh, so, like, there was, like, a lot of crying at this convention. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm probably willing to be honest. Like, I'm fine with it. Like, I, I cried a few times at the convention uh, just because of, like, not, like, for... For me, it wasn't because like, oh, because I felt like attacked or I felt ignored or whatever, it was mainly because like because the comrades who I fucking love, um both from my delegation and from l s c and and a few others um just were like fucking like miserable for a lot mm-hmm. for, like for like i would I would say a gunchuck in the convention um it was emotionally taxing on fucking everybody, and yeah. on the third day. Um, but it's like on Sunday before we all kind of left, um, there was like a huge cry in <laughs> for LSC. Uh, but I think it was like, a, I think for that one specific, it was very positive because we're all together. We're all sharing each other's, like we were all sharing our feelings, um, and kind of coming to like a real consensus on like what we wanted to do in the future of the organization. Um, and I, it, it was like a good healing kind of cry, you know?
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I stopped by for a little bit and I heard I was there for like maybe like 15 20 minutes and like everything was like really positive and and not I mean honestly like like being able to spend time with um LSC folks and like like hearing from LSC folks like very candidly and like vulnerably about how they felt and what they thought like really made me want to get like recommit and get more involved again cuz like you know, I had said like, "Oh, the Discord's too big," and like, "Oh, like, <laughs> I'll get to it. I'll get to it." But like now, I like really want to like be intentional about getting involved. I'm not an emotional person. Uh like, I have I have anger. Like, like I'm a very like forceful person, but not like a like a crier so much. Yeah. Um. But I definitely did like cry. I was not expecting that. Um. You know, like I think it was like. After, after the, the, the whole discussion with, um, uh, was it uh, the resolution regarding sex work, and then immediately I spoke for Resolution 60, which was a, a resolution to um, uh, support uh, chapter-led um, and kind of more um, uh, chapter-focused uh, political education and provide resources for chapters to do that. Um, so I spoke in support of that, and then it failed. Um, and then I was like, I gotta, I, oh my god, I'm crying, I gotta leave. (laughs) So I had to, like, hand over my card to someone, and they were like, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna cry for a little bit.
2: Yeah, that, that third day, because, like, a lot of people, I mean, for, like, a good, I think for, like, the people who, like, wrote the resolutions, and and especially those who, like, went up and talked, they put a lot more themselves in, in those resolutions and CBEs, and when they failed, like, it, it took them with them, um, but... Uh, I, just from my experience for me personally it was just because like because I, I had like responsibilities beyond myself and like Kelly mm-hmm. beyond my delegation I like had to like I was like okay no this is like really fucking annoying as hell like fuck I'm angry but like I need to, fo- I need to stay focused I need to like stay on yeah. this because I, I can't drop the ball on this and it was only like after basically all the voting um after the second day um I think it was like the after fuck I think it was like the after uh, like around noon where it just, like, all hit me at once. And I was just, like, in my apartment. I was, like, in my room, like, by myself because I was just waiting for my delegation comrades to come in. And I was, like, it just all fucking hit me at once. <laughs>
3: I was, like, you, fuck.
0: You, you really held it down, though. Like, that was phenomenal work. Like, I was deeply impressed by LSC's presence and, and movement there. Like, that was that was well done.
2: Yeah, and and, and it was, like, and I was especially proud of LLC too. And like everyone who was like whipping votes and helping coordinate and just like being there to like, because for, for one thing we, what we did was like, we kind of agreed, like we don't want any negative campaignings. Like whenever we, when we voted on something to like, to, when we voted um as a caucus, it was in support of something, not as like against something. And like, I because I can tell you from experience, uh, cause I was there um, of all like the whipping that we did was in favor of something. What we did was like we were we we're like in favor of this, we voted as a caucus to be in favor of this, we're going to do this. Um we didn't like try to bring people down, we didn't try to, you know, talk shit on other caucuses or whatever, even the ones we are probably the most like the most disagreement with. Um we we did like a positive campaign. And then after that like and the you, you know what you saw was like we were all like just emotionally supporting one another and it was like the most like, you know, compassionate group of people I've ever been with, like outside of my chapter. <laughs> like of people who actually gave a shit.
0: Yeah. I got to work closely with folks from your delegation actually, Byron, um, on like whipping votes for R eighty three, the um the uh disability uh working group's uh, uh resolution. Um and it was rad. Like so such good vibes and such like positive um uh, movement and it was like it was it was exemplary work so I was like really really like pleased that I got to like whip votes with with folks from your delegation
1: I think a lot of folks after a week or so of being away from the convention kind of reflect back and like wow that was a positive experience all the craziness and hecticness put aside we actually got a lot of things voted on a lot of positive things done, a lot of stupid stuff like um, squashed, a lot of the troublesome members of the NPC off. Um, I felt really good about that. Um, I saw where personally in the future where I'd be a little bit more effective as far as helping out on a national level. Um, Just because I think there's a lot of Resolutions that probably could have um, Passed if either Different considerations were taken into Account Um, I also think One issue which I would want to push for for future ones Is um, Having an actual budget For resolutions for a year Because there's a lot of things where People are like oh well We want to do this and do that And oh shit it's going to cost a lot of money But it's worth it Well if we have no idea what the numbers we're working with to like, all right, this is what we're trying to make our resolution work with and fit in. Um, that could have been really, really useful for those people who are really kind of writing and creating them yep. because I don't think people had a fucking idea.
2: That, no actually, fucking- that actually brings up a good point where um, this is kind of like a, a, a very serious thing for Jen um, who was one of the, one of the two LSC members who got elected to the to the new NPC? Uh, woo. One of yeah yeah woo. Uh, we got two of our people in compared to the zero from from, from before. Um, her one of her big things has been uh, the DSA budget and just how fucking like horrible the reporting on it has been um, to membership. Mm. Uh, what we got at the convention was a simplified budget, which is like not what we're supposed to get, uh, and like. I'm pretty sure we're, we're like National is inflating the the act- of the, the membership numbers because from what we hear they're like including people from who are like two years overdue. <laughs>
0: oh boy!
2: Yeah, so like the real number is probably way fucking lower. Um, and there's like a lot of bullshit that I, I personally believe. You know, my personal I I personally think like both the old NPC and staff have been kind of complacent in in terms of like basically not conveying information that needs to be conveyed to membership.
1: Yeah. I, I I can confirm that. I can't tell you where and how, but... Hell yeah. Inside and,
2: baseball man himself.
1: <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's... uh, they need, they need to... Nothing like shady or anything, but it's like, we can do better. Oh. And that's one thing I think the convention really, really brought to the surface, like, we could do better on that. And I just hope that people kind of realize, hey, isn't it kind of funny that, you know, we have these estimations on these resolutions, how much they cost, and people are shooting them down, mainly on cost, but we don't particularly know what can we afford.
2: Yeah, and, and that actually created an, another issue in terms of voting, where... Um, again, this was also something that Jen was, like, really pissed off about was, and, like, I think everybody from, like, a lot of different caucuses were mad about was the kind of arbitrariness of, of, like, the costs. Um, Yeah. Like, like, in, in every single, like, I know, I know there there was one resolution that was, like, so fucking, like, what the fuck, where National, like, accidentally put an extra zero.
0: Yeah, that was the, um, the restorative justice. Yes. So... Yeah, and it, it like it became it because we didn't have that data because we didn't have the actual first of all like an actual breakdown of where these cost estimations came from or an ability to discuss them um, and we didn't have accurate um, uh, and delineated budget information. Um, it it started to become kind of moralized how we talked about money. Oh, this is worth. You know, Bernie something something is going to be worth X amount of money um, and we can afford that. But, you know, this other Rezo, it's not worth it.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. No.
0: so that creates this like weird like moralism on like what are we willing to fight for versus what are we willing to let go? And, and it became it became really ugly.
2: Yeah. Like there was I, I, there was this one specific point brought up by a comrade, I think, near the end on the third day uh, where they said, like, oh, like, you know, like, you're doing all this, like, uh, uh, concern trolling over the cost of this resolution, but when it came to your res- resolutions, you said nothing. That, that cost more than this current resolution. Uh, so, like, what the fuck is it with the double, dam- what's with the double standard here? Um, and I was like, it was a good point! Like, <laughs> that comrade made a really good fucking point! <laughs> like, yeah, no, what the fuck is with this, like, concern over our costs that's only present when it's someone someone else's and i'm very glad that lsc did not participate at all with that kind of in that specific tactic of like concern trolling over cost
0: yeah and uh, you know that that i i i really commend lsc over that and i also i think there were other you know like um other causes that were or other projects that were doing the same thing like really trying to stay away from that um it was really unfortunate to just like see like both on the floor and and kind of in the periphery like folks mudslinging you know and then so then it became like one thing of like good faith calling for good faith but it's like if you're gonna talk shit on twitter like you know what the fuck (laughs)
3: like
0: that's not very good faith like how come good faith is like so fucking selective like You're either be about it or don't be about it, but don't like half step it, right? Like
2: yeah, and and that and 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 looping back before we move on, um, in terms of like the budget or or the the projected costs of like of like uh, the resolutions and bylaw changes was like some of the fucking like reasoning behind the cost was like kind of bullshit. Where like like in in, in, like every single one like nash like uh the staff was assuming the staff was going to do all the things, was going to do everything, basically. Right! Um, they were like, okay, uh, we're basically going to need, uh, one new staff person to run, uh, all of this shit, um, like, and at no point did, like, okay, this is something LSC. I, I know, like, we've been kind of yelling about, it's like, there are volunteers who are willing to do this for free, or for, like, basically just reimbursement of, like, certain, like, you know, transportation or whatever, um, who are down to fucking do this, but, like, for whatever reason, like, staff has just been, staff and the FPC, Ultimate Control staff, has, you know, the old one anyway, um, has just been adamant in refusing to use the volunteer labor that's, like, there. And, like, that wants to fucking help on the national, on the national level. Because there are people who want to get involved, but, like, there's no, there's nothing, unless you, like, know somebody in, like, the internationalist group or something, and, like, they can, like, sneaky in, or, like, you are, like, really good friends with, like, a staff member, like, there's no way really to be involved at a national level.
0: Right. And I think, you know, and I, 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 I definitely see changes in that. Like for example, eco has done a lot of work changing that. Yeah. Um, I know that, um, immigration working group is also working on that, although it's been a struggle, but like that whole, like allotting staff time bullshit, like to me, like as a member, and as a member who has worked in like, a national capacity. I was on the NAC before I resigned. Like, um, like that shit to me is just like moving towards NGO. Like we're not an NGO. We're like, we are a member driven member led socialist organization. We're not trying to be a top down, uh, NGO or at least I'm not trying to do that like (laughs) I I don't know about some people but I am definitely not trying to do that I am trying to empower our membership we have all this rhetoric about how our membership is the most important the most important decision-making body how uh, being democratic is so critical and yet here we are not utilizing the resources that we have in our membership it's mind-boggling like what are you doing
2: so so Brandon as as like the the, as a former NPC member yourself, like what's your take on this?
1: Yeah, I think I think you guys really hit on a couple of really key points. Um, now that we have the funding to actually have a full fucking staff and we're still kind of understaffed as is. Um, but now that we have a full fucking staff, there's this idea that now okay that now that we have a staff, we're gonna, that's all the answers where before you know 2017 it was all ran by volunteers I mean this organization lived and died on this volunteer labor and volunteer power and I look for example for like okay the assembly of locals that CB that people put up you know I was gonna say oh it's gonna cost three hundred thousand if people did this I do like Really? Because, I mean, there are already chapters that self-organize themselves in regional mm-hmm. manners, and they're doing it for free. Yeah. So, it's um, I found that, just to formalize that process, having to cost this much money, I don't know where the, those numbers came from. But, I think it was, whoever came up with it was very naive. They sandbagged some shit that they didn't quite understand, maybe and um it's problematic, but yeah. back to your original question, yeah, I think there's become this kind of um answer to everything is staff when because now we have staff and that's a new thing
2: yeah and and you mentioned a o l assembly of locals, and i was i i you know, i i know joho the the person who who wrote who like helped write it um and as you know, I, I helped, like, wit for it. Um, what really pissed me, personally, um, what really pissed me off was the price, like, the the, the projected cost was, like, oh, again, like, staff is going to basically run things, but also, like, clearly, like, you... They haven't fucking read it, because if they read it, they would know, like, basically everything is volunteer. <laughs> like, the committees are volunteer. The the actual, like, uh, like... And the committees do, like, practically all the work, and, like, the NBC, which is still, like, a member... It's not... There's no staff on the NPC, at least no current staff, um, you know, and that's also basically volunteer, basically, you just have to go through election, um, and they basically run certain administrative tasks. So, like, what the... F- like, other than, like, I don't know, like, buying a premium Lumio or OPA vote account or whatever we use for online voting um, that's gonna be part of it, like, what other fucking staff time is there? Like, really, what 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 is there? Because... There's gonna be, like, a good number, like, probably hundreds of delegates, um, who are probably gonna be elected in that system if it, you know, if it passed. It did not, sadly. Um, but, like, where the fuck is, like, the staff input on this? Like, where? Because, like, I don't understand. Like, I, like, truly, we, we fucking didn't understand. Where? <laughs> so, like, that, that really pissed us off. Like, oh, this is gonna cost money. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, so that's very
1: problematic in a sense, and I think that's probably why it failed, is because people looked at, holy shit, this much money? And when you're dealing with funny numbers, you can't make informed decisions. So, man, we've been at this for quite a while now.
2: Yes. Okay, so I, I think it's time to wrap up, but, like, so, Yessie, any any last thoughts? And, and any, any subtweets you want to put out there?
0: <laughs> oh man um no tweets, but mostly just um overall like i know i know it was like a lot but i was really proud to work with folks in lsc and build and you know honestly like i'm really glad that i went to convention and i was able to represent my chapter um and uh and and and, and work with folks like actually in person like that fucking rules and i i know for for a lot of us like shit seems super dark but like i also like hope that folks saw that we did we did do some stuff and there's room to to do even more um i'm really hopeful about um you know the npc moving forward um and i'm excited to Um, get some of this shit that we got past going, you know? Um, so that's kind of where I'm at.
2: What about you, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm rather hopeful from this experience. It was better than 2017 as an experience. Um, I feel as though some of the energy and, um, positivity that came out of 2015 kind of redeemed itself a little bit. Um, and I just look forward to, um, Helping build a stronger organization, whatever capacity that I can do, and um, working on you know kicking ass and taking names,
2: oh yeah I, for, speaking personally i'm i've I've made like the I made the regretful decision to stay in New York for at least another two years <laughs> see, see how twenty twenty one goes but so like i at least for the foreseeable future, I'm gonna be stuck in this. <laughs> so uh no like i like seriously like i think i could probably say it for a lot of people but like really the 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 primary thing keeping me keeping me here and probably keeping a lot of people in dsa um in terms of like the active like organizers is probably the locals and like their caucus Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um,
2: i know that's the case for me if it wasn't for all the wonderful people i met in lsc Um, at the convention and, like, through organizing for the convention, um, I know if it wasn't for, like, my, the members of my delegation and chapter, um, who were, like, supporting us the whole way, um, I probably would not have stayed in DSA by this point. I I probably would have made, like, the constant, like, the the internal calculation of saying, this is not fucking worth it. (laughs) I'm, I'm taking my ball and going home. Uh, but instead, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with DSA, um and see how 21 goes, and hopefully we can, at least at minimum, bring some, like, real structural reform to DSA, because um, DSA was made as an organization for, like, 5,000 geriatrics, (laughs) Um, uh, who, like, all know each other personally from, like, the SDS days, Um, and we're, like, a way different org now, and we need them changed structurally. Um, So that's probably one of the big things I'm going to be working on for the next two years, um, is to try and negotiate some like real structural reform uh for dsa with as much buy-in from the different caucuses as possible because i think like as we learned la this time uh even like these like small maybe one two group caucus coalitions can't get shit passed
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah so that, that's my take <laughs> amen yeah all right Th- thank you so much for for dropping by yesi uh for this like hour-long recording
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me it was super fun
2: yeah uh okay this is uh brandon and byron uh for movement of color uh i guess after the fact reporting on the dsa 2019 national convention thank you and goodbye
1: Right, folks, that was a recap of the 2019 Democratic Socialists of America Convention. We had a lot of fun bringing it to you this year, and hopefully we can bring them to you many years to come. Um, which leads me to one thing. Um, we need to talk about our Patreon page. So if you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash movement of color you will make it easier for us to attend future conventions and do cooler shit. Don't worry, we'll take care of you too, but please visit our Patreon page. But until next time, my name is Brandon Payton Carrillo. Adios.
0: Of color.